Welcome, everybody, to the Be Kind Podcast, part of the Animal Advocates' mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures. Whether your name is John, Seth, or Joe, or Victor, every creature deserves to be loved, human, non-human, whatever. And we're here to make that a thing with the Animal Advocates, and we can make that a thing thanks to all the support we get from great organizations like Veg Fund. So we are so happy to have them back on the show. Today, we are joined by Leah, who is... Part of Vetra has been on the podcast before, so now I'll just pass the ball to her so she can introduce herself again to all of our listeners and maybe give a little update on what she's been up to since the last time we spoke, and then we'll dive right into some great questions. So, after you. Thanks, Joe. This is Leah Gage. I am uh, the program manager at VegFund. And VegFund is a grant-making organization that supports vegan advocacy and plant-based outreach and uh, lots of different types of activities that aim to encourage people to go vegan. This is my second time on the show. I've been working with Joe, Animal Advocates of South Central PA, is a longtime grantee of Veg Funds and does some really amazing work and is one of hundreds and hundreds of grantees that Veg Fund has. I've been doing our annual reporting this week, actually, and it looks like we've given out grants to about almost 300 different grantees this year so far. So definitely busy year for us. And something that I'd really like to drive home with this episode is that Veg Fund does so much more than just give out money to basic vegan activism like most people think. You really address the intersectionality of everything and really help people get creative and dynamic, especially within the past year and a half. So can you talk about some of the work you've done during the past 18 months, specifically navigating things related to COVID and also a lot of the social justice movements that have been coming up recently? Because you've been doing a lot of great updates, and I'll stop talking and let you tell us about what you've been doing. Well, yeah, it's been a challenging several, uh, you know, nineteen some months or whatever. It's it's been challenging for all of us. When I talk about Veg Fund, so often I'm talking about the grantees that we support, you know, because the group of advocates that we support have gotten really creative in the last. 18 months. We will spend our full program budget this year despite COVID and despite all of the different challenges because we found unique ways to get around this. So to answer your question, we've seen a lot of online outreach. We've seen a lot of videos. We're working with plant-based health professionals who have created a couple different initiatives to, to reach their patients online, to talk to them more about nutrition, because so often that's not a part of the conversation. We also have seen a lot of in-person events go online, and we've been able to support some of those, and that's been cool. It's been interesting because it's allowed people to connect in new ways that maybe they hadn't before. While being a, a hindrance, it's also created some opportunities for sure. And then, yeah, you know, social justice movements, it's something that VegFund needs to think more and more about. Last year, we had a social justice fund that we uh, committed about $50,000 to fund a wide group of, of activists in the vegan movement and outside of the vegan movement who were really working on racial justice issues within the United States. And that was a cool project because we ended up connecting with some groups that were not vegan, but they were doing great work in their communities on um, racial advocacy. And they were interested in veganism and having been reached out to, you know, by us and by other vegan advocates, they got more involved. 
And I think it was a great lesson in realizing that so often we're not always reaching across and, you know, reaching out to people who we're uncomfortable with. As vegans, sometimes we're only interested in reaching other vegans because we really tried to reach some non-vegan groups that were doing work that we thought was really important given the current climate we were in. We were able to make some great connections and foster more, you know, vegan behavior adoptions in these communities. So it's a roundabout way of saying it's it's definitely been a busy and exciting time despite uh, all of the challenges that we're all experiencing. And how did that conversation start with your team? Who raised their hand and really initiated and led that initiative? It really started with our staff. We saw, you know, our communication staff, they see a lot of things first for any of us because they're, you know, out in the you know, so much of what happened this summer was reliant on social media in part, um, or last summer because of the pandemic. And so I think that the staff just saw an opportunity because of all of the conversations that were happening in the other parts of our lives. So we realized, you know, that's not something that Veg Fund has been a good leader on, at least, you know, not before this. We, we hadn't really made any commitments to recognizing you know, at least uh, on, you know, we hadn't made any commitments out loud as an organization saying we're, you know, we're committed to racial equity. And we thought this is, you know, what we do is we provide grants and this is the best way that we can show that this is a priority of ours by doing what we do, giving grants, but doing it in a way that also, you know, supports ideas that we thought were, were necessary to talk about. And it's also necessary to talk about in the vegan movement. I think we need to, I, I'm learning more and more all the time about the ways that inequities, when we talk about protecting the most vulnerable, I think that food justice and environmental justice intersects all the time with racial justice. The more we recognize that and learn about it and doing that by reaching across and not necessarily only associating with other animal advocates, we can learn that there are all these commonalities and ways that we can work together. Leah, do do you find anyone doing work in what we we call food deserts, Um, these parts of of cities where people don't have access to to like fresh produce, there's no grocery stores, and usually that coincides with a, a lower class problem going on there? Definitely. I actually just got back from the Animal Grant Makers Conference in Denver last weekend, and there was a really great presentation from a Navajo reservation that was talking about their work that they were doing to bring, they called it the MoGro, the mobile grocery, that would come and bring food to, I mean, reservations are often food deserts as well. You know, that's a, that's a conversation about equity and also dealing with agriculture and, and a lot of the, the sort of environmental issues that are going on at reservations. I think th- there's a lot of opportunities that um, the vegan movement can really take hold of if we can, you know, organize. Because, yeah, that issue can be met. I mean, providing fresh fruits and vegetables is a social justice issue as well as, you know, a vegan issue. And we can we can combine forces on that. And that was an example that I learned of. It wasn't a veg fund initiative, but I think we need to learn more about how we can invest more in those sorts of projects. Right, because we've done some work with people experiencing homelessness, which is sort of like this kind of obvious problem, like people that don't have food at all, and we can give them vegan food. But there's this less visible problem of people that that have homes, and they probably have jobs, but they don't have access to what we would call vegan food. And it's kind of a difficult, how do you target that? 
Yeah, it's a good problem for us to be working on right now. Yeah, along those lines, when you were doing this kind of work, did you ever run into any ethical dilemmas where maybe people were doing a food distribution and not giving away vegan food? And while, or maybe one of the mobile food markets in one of those projects you described, I know it wasn't your initiative, but maybe you're doing something similar, or giving away vegetarian or even animal based meat products to individuals. And I imagine maybe you were onto some situations where you want to support a cause, but then you're having things that directly go against the base of your vegan ethics as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely happens. And and again, it's one of these examples of something that's uncomfortable. And that I think you can call someone in or you can call someone out. There are different, definitely times that where veg fund events or veg fund funded events can feel uncomfortable because there's animal products served. But I think that it's important to make incremental change when you can and to try to make a connection if possible. It comes down to really the spirit of the project. And this also relates to mission drift. You know, for Veg Fund, our mission is to support vegan outreach and to encourage more people to go vegan. As long as you're kind of maintaining that, in, in my opinion, then you can sort of deal with the discomfort by asking the question, are you achieving this? Are you achieving additional vegan outreach? Are you making a connection that maybe somebody might you know, think of in the future and make a different choice than they might have had they not had you present at that event? Yeah, I love this work for so many reasons because it really does address the messiness of veganism and how it's uncomfortable. There's no way to be 100% vegan in a non-vegan world or there's no way to make a 100% vegan world just by existing. We're having a negative impact on every living creature around us for the most part. And to not acknowledge that and wrestle with that when you're looking at these other social justice issues, I think does disservice these movements. And I introduced us as, no matter if your name is John, Seth, or Joe at the beginning, kind of as a joke, but also because people are animals too who deserve to be loved and respected and I think that really does fit into the vegan ethics and the vegan movement where we need to look a little bit further than our own myopic scope of just the animals and really focus at society at large. And even if that means putting aside our hardcore black and white vegan ethics for a little bit to really get in the messiness of things, it's brave and difficult. And kudos to you and your team for taking on that initiative and having those conversations. Same to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I you know, I think there's just about as many versions of veganism as there are vegans i mean it's all it's it's, it's so many different shades and, and levels and layers and i think once you acknowledge that you, your life becomes a little easier and do you have any specific examples of some really exciting projects you did i'm especially interested in non-vegan initiatives you supported that maybe you managed to sprinkle in some vegan ethics or some vegan outreach into there through your collaboration or also not minimizing the work they're doing on the ground as well. Because that must be a very tight type of to walk and something that you really have to have a lot of nuance when you're doing those collaborations. Yeah, there's one in particular that is so cool. There's this initiative, this group called Anti Nays out in Detroit, Michigan. They are social justice grantees. Um, they, they do feeding programs and lots of different low-income outreach uh, to mostly Black families in the Detroit, greater Detroit area. They, they got connected to Veg Fund. I think a grantee recommended that we make a grant to them. So we did make a grant to them. And then they got connected somehow to a, a separate grantee of Veg Funds, Vegan Wayne State University Group. They were doing outreach as well during that time, trying to reach more organizations focused on racial justice. And through that connection, and because they had, because Auntie Nays had reached Veg Fund, they were more 
open, they said, to having this outreach from a vegan organization. And now they're working together to provide more plant-based foods in, in this community organization. And, you know, there are initiatives that we funded. We could have supported. It, it's possible that what we've supported could have gone toward animal consumption. But I think that the greater win there is there's greater acceptance now at this organization. And now that's trickling down into the people that they serve, the people that they're interacting with. And it's, it's so exciting that the student group too, the Wayne State group is fantastic. I think we have this written up on our website as well. This is a really cool story. But I think that's a great example of way that, you know, reaching out when you're a little bit uncomfortable can, can have a better outcome. Just briefly, I, want to, I can mention another one, the Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week is one where uh, Nigel Wright Brown, who runs Maryland Black Veg Society and also owns Land of Kush, which is an incredible vegan restaurant in Baltimore. She launched this Vegan Restaurant Week, which encourages restaurants all over Baltimore to adopt you know, some, a, a vegan menu for a week. And it's been hugely popular and it's increased a lot of the uh, food traffic in these restaurants, um, which was especially helpful during COVID actually. But of course, she's partnering with all these different restaurants that are not themselves vegan restaurants usually. But she knew that by proving to these restaurant owners that making an investment and having vegan menu items is not just good for the environment and good for animals and good for our hearts and souls. It's also good for their bottom line. And that's what they've learned through the process. And it's just expanded. It used to be Baltimore Vegan Restaurant Week. Now it's Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week because she's got so many restaurants participating. So again, another great example of, you know, reaching out beyond the vegan line to get better acceptance and and it being a win for everyone. That speaks to a theme we see over and over again on the show that one of the best ways to make vegans is have them be around awesome vegans. And so many times vegans get cloistered in their own little circles and don't like going out to non-vegan places or talking to non-vegan people or having non-vegan friends. I think that does a disservice, not just to the vegan movement, but to the other people as well. Because for all the reasons we've discussed at length, that veganism is a great lifestyle for the animals, for your health, for your environment, so many reasons and by going out there and having those interactions and showing people the viability of it for bottom line for all those health reasons compassion and everything it really expands the movement and makes everyone animals humans the world the environment a better place to be definitely and so something that i'm always curious with is a lot of these social justice movements are more grassroots organizations that are very much led by often small groups of volunteers. The Animal Advocates is a grassroots all-volunteer organization, but we don't have quite the emphasis on social justice issues that many of these others do. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on the role these small grassroots organizations play, both within the vegan movement and outside it, versus the kind of the larger institutions like the PETAs and the Mercy for Animals and places like that, and what you see as their role within not just the vegan movement, but the social justice movement as well? That's a great question. I'm a firm believer, and I think the data that Vegfund has shows this, is that people's journey to becoming vegan is just that. It's a, it's a journey that has many stops along the way. It also has many different touches and different kinds of touches that kind of lead somebody to eventually making that choice and taking those behavior changes on. And I think it, what's necessary about having all these different types of groups is that they have different roles to play in that journey. And a grassroots group like Animal Advocates of South Central PA, you understand your community. You understand how to reach your community in a way that, you know, a PETA maybe sending in like a group to go protest might not. 
they might make some faux pas that that could really you know embarrass themselves or they might uh you know not understand what the real heart of, of people in your community what how to really get them on board with something with activism hyper localized activism like grassroots activism really does rely on people's on the ground expertise to understand who they're speaking to and how to reach them at the same time you know a larger organization like pcrm you know they can invest a lot more money because you know they have a lot more capacity and you know they have lawyers who can fight this at different levels and they have uh you know the ability to put billboards that are really big talking about dairy and the impacts of dairy i think all of those things are necessary you find that all of these things play a role in people taking different choices on leah with the explosion of vegan food here lately like you know all the the faux meats and all that are you seeing a a similar explosion in those hyper local groups like is is the food revolution trickling down to local organizations that's a good question i think maybe what i'm seeing instead of that is that i'm seeing a lot more people becoming more flexitarian and we're seeing more people get involved part time in veganism and that's a that's a tough question to to consider i wonder though you know i don't actually have data on that you know about local vegan groups and whether or not they're expanding as a result of like veganism becoming more accepted i'd like to think that that's the case but i'm not sure that it is frankly i don't know um do you have any insights have you noticed uh, you know other groups in your you know in your region not really you- there's a there's an explosion of sanctuaries i would say yeah that's we definitely have sanctuary seems a new one every few months cropping up which is a good thing if anyone i can never fault anyone for doing what they think is their calling, especially if it's helping out fellow living creatures. So that's great to see. But I'm thinking things like Hanover Vegan Drinks that we had the other week, where this German bar in this city of Hanover, which is notoriously not vegan friendly, had a vegan yeah. vegan drinks night. I keep wanting to say vegan <laughs> restaurant week. Right, but that's that's really just the, uh, the, the food part. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how much that trickled out towards people's everyday lives or how many people really saw the impact of that after that evening. Well, from my understanding, they're actually planning on doing something in Gettysburg now because they saw there was a restaurant that I guess was following it and they saw the results and how well it went and now they're going to do something. So I guess it it's definitely making an impact. Yeah. And you can't have... It would be very difficult for someone to go vegan if no restaurant served vegan food near them. So I right. can't imagine, to your point, Seth, the explosion of vegan food being a detriment to the movement. I can only imagine it helping. It's becoming more in vogue, you know. I think uh, I think that's good for our movement, for sure. And switching gears a little bit, something that I always forget is that Veg Fund is an international organization. So you support people in other countries. And I'm very curious to hear about some of the advocacy and activists you've supported in other countries and how that compares to here in the United States. Yeah, we do. Uh, We fund this year, I think so far we've made grants in over 50 countries. There's a wide range in Europe, especially Western Europe. The movement, it looks very similar to the United States. In fact, there's even more adoption, I think, institutionally. We see a lot more cafeterias and universities you know, adopting more veganism and that a lot of our advocates there are making inroads that way. In India, for example, you know, most advocacy is really focused on dairy because that is just so heavily consumed in India. It is just so hugely popular. 
And there's the, the, the idea that needs to be broken down that, that dairy is vegetarian and that dairy is okay in a vegetarian diet. And so ad adopting the idea of veganism and what that means is, is a really big uphill battle that a lot of activists in India are working on. And then, you know, one grant we made recently was to the Vibrant Vegan Society of Ghana. And they just, they're doing a lot of outreach in Accra, where they're based. And we're seeing more and more, I mean, that's something that's really exciting because, you know, if we can go into sub-Saharan Africa and not allow factory farming to take on there, and it already has, of course, in, in a lot of ways, but not to the level as it has in a lot of the industrialized world, I think then we can really make a huge impact as well. But so, yeah, there's there's so many, I could, I could go on and on. <laughs> That's so fascinating because that's something you hear a lot is where maybe meat consumption is going down in the United States. Don't cite me on that. I have no idea if that's actually true 100%. But then you hear about it going up exponentially in other developing countries as their income and GDP goes up and their standard of living goes up as well because everyone wants to emulate the other big Western countries who have all this meat and animal product consumption. So they start incorporating that into their diet. And by you being more proactive and getting there before that happens, not only makes that country healthier in the long run, but helps reduce animal suffering as well. So that is awesome to hear. Thank you. What was the biggest challenge you faced with the projects from the past 18 months? And what was the biggest success you faced from the past 18 months? It's a good question. <laughs> the, the biggest challenge I would definitely say was logistics involved in people needing to reschedule events and things during the beginning of the pandemic. As things started off, we weren't sure how long it was going to last. And so folks were rescheduling their veg fests or their, their uh, food sampling outreach or their conferences. And then, you know, as time went on, we had to continue to reschedule and that was expensive. You know, we're trying to figure out, we, we ended up, of course, giving a lot of grants to folks who, you know, they had to cancel their event, but they still had to pay a deposit on their VegFest. You know, that was figuring out how best to deal with that was definitely a challenge. But basically, we all were in the same boat, right? All of us were going, well, we have no idea. And so that helped to a degree because... There was only so much you could plan them and, and only so much you could do. And, and we were willing to be flexible as, as our activists needed. You know, the flip side of that has been we've been able to be more flexible and more adaptable. And I think we as an organization learned that we were already a remote organization before COVID, but it still changed our work considerably. And it brought us closer as like a work team because we weren't going out anywhere else. We were really seeing each other only. We, we strengthened in, in those ways. And yeah, just our processes got more flexible. And I think that's ultimately a good thing because the, the types of grants that we see, the type of grant projects that we see, the, the requests vary more and more widely as time goes on. More adopters of veganism are looking at it from new angles. And that's so exciting, but it means that the types of projects that we get requests for, they change all the time and we need to be more adaptable. And I think going through this pandemic and learning how to be adaptable and how to make processes a little bit more fluid so that you know they're, they're not super rigid. Rigid systems can break down really easily when something like a pandemic hits. I'm glad to say I think we've come through this and now we're a stronger organization because of it. I tend to agree with you and what you were just saying I think speaks to the challenges that we're going to face as the movement grows and 
relates back to what Seth was saying, how there's a million different versions of veganism. And as we keep tapping into these other social justice movements as well, we need to be able to adapt and be flexible, not be so rigid in our, not just activities, but our mindsets and even sometimes our ethics of how we can balance those things out and find a way to be there for as many people as possible in a way that really lifts everyone up. And I believe you said earlier, calls them in, doesn't call them out. So again, thank you so much for you and your team for all you're doing. And I feel so fortunate to be a partner with you in this work. And we will continue to do our best to further the vegan movement here at the Animal Advocates. And I can't wait to see what kind of things we do in the near future together. Same. I'm, I'm so grateful for all the work you all do. And thanks so much for having me on the show and allowing me to, to babble about veg fun for a while. <laughs> Anytime. Just let us know. We're more than happy to have you back on. I hope it won't be as crazy as the past 18 months next time we have it. I'll be a little more relaxed time, but we'll definitely be looking to reach out again and touch base with another episode in the near future. Sounds good. And we'll put information on how to get in touch with Veg Fund in the show notes. So if anyone's getting in touch with us, send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com or message at the Animal Advocates on Facebook. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for listening to the 